Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. So, you know, life is like a school and we have to learn our lessons. We got to kind of figure it out. It's a topic that's worth discussing. And on this episode, I wanted to bring in Cody Ann Smith, who has her own podcast called The Conscious Entrepreneur Podcast. Hi, Cody. Hi, thank you for having me. What, what have you learned in your school? What have I learned in my school? Oh, no. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> um, well, I, I believe that we all came here with really specific missions, and I believe that we always choose um, the people and the encounters that we have. So on my journey, I was put into, um, a family that was, you know, a little bit dysfunctional as most of us are. Mm. So growing up, um, I had to learn that I wasn't here to prove myself to people. I think that was the biggest thing for me. Mm. And obviously that came with a lot of, uh, trials and challenges along the way, you know? Proving yourself, that's a big thing. It is. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And then some of us are trying to prove stuff to ourselves. Exactly. And I think that's what it, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Other ways that we prove ourselves to, like proving our worth to somebody. What should people be paying attention to, Cody? Okay, they're, they're going through their school, which is their life, their human experience. There's a lot of synchronicities that happen. There's a lot of messages that happen. People aren't paying attention. Most people aren't paying attention. Should they be paying attention? Well, yeah, absolutely. But I I think that what happens is um, we go through stages in our awakening. So the first stage I like to call, um, you know, that's, the victim, right? Things are happening to me, right? Mm. That's when we're still asleep and, and we're not really conscious of what's going on, you know? And then after some time, we have this awakening, this like aha moment sometimes. And sometimes it comes through illness. Sometimes it comes through a breakup. Sometimes it's usually a tragedy in somebody's lives. It doesn't have to be, but it typically is. And then we go to the second stage, right? The second stage is like, this is happening for me, Right. So then you're taking yourself out of the victim state and you can pay more attention to those um, signs. You know, Mm. a lot of people see repeating numbers or they hear phrases over and over again, that's trying to get their attention and they start to reflect on, on their circumstances and in their lives. Um, And then I believe the third stage is when we realize that life is happening through us, Mm. you know, so we're co-creator at that point. Yeah. We're creating our own future Yeah. as we go. Exactly. The present is creating the future. We're creating something right now. Yes, we are. <laughs> There's many universal messages and synchronicities. Um, you know, using myself as an example, I, when I became a seeker of spirituality, you know, and I, I went to an ashram in New York didn't even know what an ashram was. And I ended up meeting 
the, the guy who would become my mentor. And we were in the same dorm room and he worked there. So he wasn't even supposed to be in the dorm room. It was a, I guess what you could call a happy coincidence. It was, it's, it, it wasn't supposed to happen, so to speak. Yeah. And, and he was a mystic and here's the seeker who now comes face to face with a mystic recognizes that and asks a billion questions because otherwise he wouldn't have told me anything. He was staying to himself. He was private, but I asked question, 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 question. And he just took me down rabbit holes for five days straight. If there was no construction going on in his building or whatnot, or I came a week later, I would have never met him. We wouldn't, may not even be doing this podcast right now. So there's these things that happen in our lives and it can shift. Boom. Just one thing can change the rest of your life. I mean, I don't believe in coincidences. So I think that right. when, when it comes time to um, awaken to our higher purpose, the universe places those people in our paths mm. for a reason, you know? So it wasn't a, a coincidence that you met that guy. Right, right. And um, I think that like a lot of the time, if people are just in the beginning stages of their awakening, they don't realize that this is placed here on purpose, right? Like it's the divine plan. And I think he knew that, which is why he was so um, gracious enough to mentor me through the email for the next seven years, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think everybody gets that, that not everybody has a mentor like that. So mm -hmm. that's really special. That's really, really cool. And he disappeared on me. So, <laughs> oh yeah. And, and, you know, later on I realized that many mystics and masters do that because they want you to rely on yourself yeah. And it's more, it's more like a father, like, or a parent helping you. Now you're 20. Now go get it done, you know, or whatever it is. Right. You know? Yeah. Take the training wheels off, right? <laughs> Take the training wheels off. That's right. That's right. But these awakenings that, you know, they're a gift, right? Um, absolutely. And we're trying to awaken to our, um, our outer purpose our higher purpose. There's lots of terms we could use. Right. Yeah. What would you say? What's your higher purpose? Well, and that's a tricky thing too, because you're right about we're trying to find our higher purpose. And then we also, when we begin to ask what our purpose is, a lot of the time it's like, what am I here on this earth to do? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes we can get so caught up in what it is, like what career we're supposed to be doing or something like that. And for my higher purpose, you know, it's not so much about my career, but it's more about who I am being in my career, right? Mm -hmm. Who I'm being in the situation. So our higher purpose, I believe, and I think this is universal, but obviously it applies to me too, is to awaken to our truth, you know, who we truly, truly are, and then be that expression in the world. Yeah, well said. You know, it's interesting because, you know, some people may have like a huge platform, like let's just say an Oprah Winfrey, just a monster platform and she does decent with it, you know? Uh, and then some people might have a very small platform like us. 
But then you have other people like the mystic that I met who doesn't care about a platform at all. He's just, he's kind of not of society. He's got one bag and he kind of just travels around and, you know, he just feels like the universe provides the beloved he calls it. Yeah. The beloved takes care of me, you know? (laughs) That's amazing though. And I think that we could all get to that point eventually. Yeah. So what do you think about that dynamic of awakening to a higher purpose, but also trying to be mindful not to be maybe too ambitious or too attached to goals? Yeah. So when it comes to our higher purpose, I think that in order for us to truly attain that higher purpose, we have to let go of that attachment to the outcome, right? Because otherwise it's too much of our ego in there and our Mm. ego is the one trying to drive the wheel. And that's not how higher purpose works. You know, we have to trust in the divine and trust that whatever is there to support us is going to be there no matter what. And we got to learn these lessons. You you never know when something's going to happen to us, right? Like it it could be anything, right? Yeah. I, do you know anyone who's had just something really dramatic happen, like, and they've changed? <laughs> so um, I've had a lot of traumatic things happen to me, and I like to use me as an example since I know the story so well. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, that happened with a death in my family. So my mm-hmm. grandpa died. And then I was like, where does he go? You know, I never grew up like in church or nothing like that. And I've really never understood the whole God concept. And before that, you know, I was just a really lost, lost soul. And I was addicted to alcohol a lot. And even Mm. after that awakening, I was still drinking, you know, I was drinking a lot too. Mm. And, um, it was that trauma, that traumatic event that happened that kind of pushed me into this direction, you know, and, eventually you do have to change because you get to a point where you can't keep living the same way that you were before and still survive on this planet. And that's pretty much where I was at because I was so ill before I decided to answer the call, you know? Um, But equally there are people who have traumatic things happen to them over and over again. And then they don't answer that call. And when they don't answer that call, then they end up being so disconnected from their purpose and they end up, you know, falling into depression and these kinds of things and they manifest illnesses. And that's not everybody, but this is a lot of what I've seen is that when we don't answer our call and we push it away, then it's going to keep bugging us. Right. And that can show up through manifestations of illnesses or uh, more traumas in our lives. It's just such an interesting term. Answer the call. It's powerful. It's like somebody's calling. (laughs) Answer the phone. Exactly. (laughs) So we go through life. We go through this school. Life's one big school, a mystery school, if you will. Yeah. And there's all these calls. And we have to recognize them and answer that call, as you said. Right. Exactly. And I believe that when we answer that call, it's kind of like busting out our metaphorical textbooks for, for our um, class here on earth, mm. you know, mm. it kind of guides us and teaches us the things that we need to know. Yeah. How'd you find Dr. Morse and, and what did you, what did you learn? 
Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked this. I wasn't expecting it. Um, <laughs> so the way I found him was I was actually studying iridology by myself, right? Mm. So I was Googling all these things and I would watch his videos, but I had no idea it was him because he would always have the camera pointed towards the eyes and he was explaining the eyes. And then one day I randomly went across one of his videos and I pushed play and I heard his voice and I was like, I know that voice. So I went back and I typed in iridology and I looked at his name and typed in his name and it was him. And I was like, wow, this is not like a coincidence, right? And I'm, at this point I was ill, you know, I was, I was, my body was falling apart from all the stuff I was doing to it. Mm. So I had to do something I knew I did. And the doctors, they never really could figure out exactly what it is, you know, and a lot of the time this happens. So I took matters into my own hands and I started learning about the lymphatic system and all the things that Dr. Morris talks about. And it just made so much sense to me. And I was like, this man speaks truth, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Dr. Morris, you know, same, similar with me. I, I had my own practice when I met him. I was a rookie, like brand new. And, uh, but the thing with me is I met, I, I went to Florida to beat Dr. Morris two months after that experience at the ashram with the mystic. So a whole lot happened in two months. Wow. And, and what happened, one of the things that happened, Cody, is at the ashram, I found a book called In My Soul, I Am Free. And it was an autobiography on Paul Twitchell. And uh, for those that don't know, Paul Twitchell was like an American guru who taught soul travel. He taught how to leave the body and sort of navigate the different planes. So this book knocked me on my butt. I mean, it just knocked me. I've never had a book knock me on my butt like that before. And I had the mystic right there. So I'm asking him questions. I'm like, what do you, what do you know about this? What do you know about this? And he's like, well, you know, Muhammad traveled, Jesus traveled. I'm like, really? Oh my God. You know, it's just like all this, I was a seeker. Yeah. So anyway, two months later, I end up in Florida. I'm in the classroom with Dr. Morse and I'm sitting there learning about the lymphatic system and how to heal the body. And all of a sudden I, I hear Paul Twitchell come out of his mouth. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So anyway, the next chance I got, I raised my hand and I made a comment about the book that only he would know. And everyone in the, in the class, it's a big class, probably like 100 people. Everyone's looking at me like, what? What? But Dr. Morris is like, ooh. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was sort of, a, uh, it, it was sort of a breaking the ice, which got me up to the, to the front of the class. So he would take breaks. And I went up there. And I go up to Dr. Morse and I'm like, Dr. Morse, I, I, I just learned about Paul Twitchell two months ago. I, I need to talk to you about this. You know, I guess I was answering the call. And I'm like, what, what, do, you, what do you know about this soul travel stuff and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, man, he just looks at me with these crystal blue eyes. He's, you know, he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, man, I can't wait to die. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. I'm like, I've never heard anybody talk like that that was joyful. It wasn't suicidal. It wasn't depression. 
And I was like, Dr. Morris, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, man, I've seen things. He's like, I've been to amazing worlds. I've seen amazing things. And so we had a few conversations about this and it's, it's, it's sort of documented in an interview I did with him on YouTube back in 2012. We talked about it in that interview. And so he, he was a student of Paul Twitchell back in the day, like the seventies the sixties or seventies or something. It's so in sync. Those two months were so in sync for me. And it just blew me off my chair, Cody. So is this what you're talking about with? Yes, <laughs> it is. Because if you notice, everything just lined up for you. Yeah. You know, just perfectly. And you didn't have to force anything, right? And you didn't have to make anything happen. It came to you. Yeah. And so and, I, oh, go ahead. No, I just, I was just going to reiterate when i went to florida to train with dr morris i wasn't going for spirituality i was going to learn how to detox and heal the body right <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like this huge curveball <laughs> this huge curveball right yeah that's so cool <laughs> i just reread that book like a few weeks ago did you eight, eight years later it makes so much more sense it's amazing how that works <laughs> Oh, you got it. If you haven't checked it out, do so. I have a couple of his books, but I don't know which ones. I have a few of them. Oh, The Tiger's Fang. Uh, yeah, Dr. Morris was into all that. And yeah, he, he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't talk about it all that often. He doesn't want to turn people off because he's trying to help them with their health. Right. But there is a spiritual side to this healing stuff, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I believe that the devoid of spirituality in all of our systems is like the biggest cause to all the chaos, mm. you know? Right. We just have all these, not only are, do we have lymphatic blockages and stuff, we also have like energetic blockages. And right. And I think they go together really because the lymph system is also an energetic system at the smallest um at the smallest level, right? Sure. So if we're holding on to um, a bunch of toxic beliefs, it clogs up our lymphatic system, right? Because mm. our lymphatic system is the sewer system of the body. So if we're not eliminating those mm. toxic beliefs, just like the lymph, then it can create those blocks that we're talking about energetically. Mm. True indeed. And at the end of the day, the fluid is running through a pipe, a vessel, and the yeah. vessel, the vessel itself is made up of cells, which goes down to a, atoms, which goes down to electrons, right? So once we get down to the electrical level, now we're talking energy and heavy. And the quantum. <laughs> it's so yes. fun. So fun. <laughs> now, tell me about the quantum and everything that you know about, about that, the quantum stuff. Um. Well, I know a few things. I've been studying that for a little while, but it kind of depends on what the question is, I guess. So when it comes to the quantum world, basically it's, you know, just the smallest particle out there, mm. you know, and they do studies after study after study, trying to understand how it all works. But it's like this void. It's like this void of like 
of space, but it's mm. not even space if you think about it, because then you also have to have time, right? right? And what they found was that when they cut a, I think it was a light particle in half, and they took the particle, half of it, and went seven miles one way and seven miles another way, what they realized is that what they did to this one also this would move at the exact same time. So we live in a holographic universe that is all based around this quantum field. This is a lot of the stuff that Gautama, the Buddha was talking about 2,600 years ago. That guy is amazing. I mean, no microscopes, no nothing. Yeah. He was talking about this long before Einstein or Tesla. It is kind of an illusionary world now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, and it's holographic because you always hear that saying, right? That's like, as above, so below, as within, so without. But people, I don't think they really understand the depth of that. So when you say that, it's literally true, you know? Mm. It, it's a literal thing. And um, I find that really fascinating. Yeah, I've 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 heard from many enlightened people who who talk about once it happens, once it happens, you basically see through everything. Yeah. Which was which was highlighted in a very famous movie called The Matrix. Right. <laughs> that movie is you know probably the most important movie of our generation. If, if you look through the science fiction side of things, it's, it's, it's all there. <laughs> it is the message behind everything. It really, you know, when you bring it down to our reality, it makes perfect sense. It's like, are you going to take the blue pill and is the blue one you stay? Mm -hmm. And then the red pill is that you go and you can't ever turn back, right? Like your right. life has changed. Right. Yeah. And then you're unplugged. You're not exactly. in, you're not in the illusionary simulation. Right. Mm. Yeah. And I believe <laughs> humanity is moving like in this quantum leap, right? We're all working together to create this quantum leap in evolution, human evolution and in spiritual evolution. So I, I think that what's happening is that we're bringing more our, of our divinity down into the physical while we're taking that lower frequency that we hold, you know, that everybody has a shadow, that victim energy, and we're bringing, rising or raising its vibration to meet in the middle. Mm. We're meeting that divine with the material in the, in the middle, you know, so that we can take a quantum leap into more of a society that's not built around fear. Mm. Well, you, well, we talked about the matrix. And yeah. you, you once told me you read a book, something about Matrix. Could remind me what that book was. Oh, um, so there's a couple. There's one, there's Divine Matrix and then Matrix Energetics. But I think we're talking about Divine Matrix. And that okay. is a book on uh, Greg Braden is the author of that book. And he talks about like the DNA and how um, it creates our reality, you know, based on our, our DNA and stuff mm. like that. It's really cool. Would that be in your top three if you had to recommend three books to someone on the spiritual mm. side? I don't think so. Wow. Okay. Um, Spill I, the tea. What, what's, <laughs> what's, your t what's your top three? Oh, okay. So the very first one, hands down, is the Dean Keys, except for, you know, it's the collection. So you 
because it's a deep system. Um, but the gene keys in general is the very first one I would recommend. Okay. Um, and then the second one, like if you're really into science and stuff like that would be uh, Joe Dispenza's Becoming Supernatural. I really, really enjoy that book. Hmm. And then to pick one more is really tough. <laughs> Sounds like you're content with just those two. I am. <laughs> okay. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, he's, he's, on, he's viral quite a bit. A lot of the uh, training the brain, change, changing your thoughts. Uh, oh, now I just remembered the third book. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's um, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. Mm, epigenics? Yes. Mm. Interesting. You're picking modern guys. It, I'm old school. I'm like, I like, I like the ancient stuff. And, and you, you like the modern stuff. And it, yeah. It, it's all kind of the same thing, too. It it's is. It is. Yeah. So can you explain to the listeners what gene keys are that's your that's what you're you're heavy into the gene keys right now yeah i am um it's amazing basically the gene keys are an esoteric science Mm. so it works with the quantum it works on your dna and it works on um an epigenetic level right and it's also very spiritual at the same time so with the gene keys, they have specific charts, which, you know, you don't have to use your own chart, but everyone has their own personal chart to help show you kind of your map into your higher purpose, mm. right? Um, it shows you your p- specific gifts that you came here with, but it also shows you your specific shadows that you have to embrace in order to unlock that gift within your DNA. And mm. all of this is unlocked through your perception and your attention, right? Or your attitude really, because how we perceive something sends specific codes, frequencies through our body, and it changes the chemistry inside of our DNA, which creates different proteins that can either be in lower vibration or in higher vibration. Mm. You're very layered right now. You mentioned shadows just now and before shadows is something that comes up in Zen. What, uh, h- how would you describe these, these shadows and how it plays a factor in our lives? Yeah. So the shadow is basically, it's a very unconscious thing and we all have them. It's just a lower frequency that's deep within our DNA. It's, it's programmed in there because during evolution, we had to grow up in a time where it was fight or flight nonstop. Right. But we haven't completely Um, ascended out of that lower frequency. We all have that shadow aspect and it shows up in our behaviors and our thought processes, um, in our interactions with people. And a lot of the time we can catch our shadows by paying attention to our triggers. So a relationship is a great way to, to notice your shadows and then Mm. start working on them. And, uh, yeah, so it's basically like an unconscious, program that's rooted in a lower frequency now that's not not bad but pattern yes could these patterns be these shadows could they be from past lives or is it just this life yeah i think they definitely could be from past lives because our dna is constantly um you know when 
from our ancestors. I believe that when we reincarnate, we reincarnate into the karma that we left behind, which is deeply entwined in our DNA. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we incarnate, that could bring up that past life stuff. Well, However, what, what, what you just said is pretty corroborated across the board. You forgot where you forgot where you were at. A, sh- a shadow came up. <laughs> a shadow, <laughs> um, right? And at a neurological level, right? Rewiring the brain, neuroplasticity type of stuff. And then he also talks about a lot more. It's a lot more in depth. He talks about energetics, and he talks about our energy centers. He talks about a lot of different things. But yes, he's the the guy who mainly talks about rewiring the brain. Yeah. So we have these patterns or shadows that, you know, we talked about this on a past episode with um, Ken Freshke, who was an Akashic Records reader, and he was talking about some of this stuff. And so, you know, from a past life, we might bring something over. And being that we're in a school, we have to learn that. Yeah. And then we have to try to re program it break the pattern get rid of the shadow whatever term you want to use i i tend to like pattern but mm-hmm. you know we, we can break these things right when we when we recognize the triggers that you mentioned you know why does someone get upset when a politician does something uh right? because right because <laughs> they're it's a pattern they've developed over time and they got caught in that duality right yeah and it's something within themselves so it's really easy for us to blame other people for why we're mad or why they shouldn't do that and when we stop to reflect on our on the situation in ourselves we realize that okay where is that inside of me right Mm -hmm. so we go within ourselves, and we're like this these are my feelings Nobody can make me feel a certain way. And I can't blame somebody for that because they're my feelings. They happen inside of me. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Happiness is an inside job, as they say. (laughs) Sure is. And you're in charge of what you feel, you know, unless something falls on your foot. But, you know, you're in charge of your emotions and... You, you ever notice that sometimes you can even evolve and, and gain like a deep inner peace with tons and tons of people, but then you still struggle with the person closest to you, like mom or husband, wife, or a brother, sister, just the, the closest person to you that you've known forever that can just poke, <laughs> poke, poke the bear like none other. And you're like, you're like, you know, super peaceful with the world, but that one person just yeah, right, right in the inside it, of your ribs. It definitely happens, and it happens to all of us, I think. <laughs> now, that would be part of the school, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I believe that those people that are closest to us offer us the biggest transformation because they offer us the biggest triggers. You know, so if we could go within and be like, why is this making me so mad? What inside of me cannot accept this, mm. you know, and then we start embracing it and allowing it to be there. I think that's the key to a lot of this is that you get to that point. You're like, okay, I found my trigger. <laughs> so now what, right? I found it. What do I do now? And 
nothing. You just allow it to be there because when you allow something to be there, it kind of disintegrates itself. These triggers are really important. We have to become very self-aware. That's a key phrase. Uh-huh. Self-aware. And when you become self-aware too, you also, you know, you start to see through some of the illusions and uh, not literally like, Superman with x-ray vision, but you start to notice things like social media is very difficult for me now. Now we've had talks before. I've told you my background in the entertainment business. So I've been on social media since AOL instant messenger. I've been promoting since AOL instant messenger. Yeah. And that might be before your time, Cody, <laughs> but you know, now it's very difficult for me because I see through it. I see people trying to heal. They're putting five sentences, uh, five paragraphs up on everything that happened to them at their job today. They're trying to heal. They're trying to be heard. Yeah. They're struggling and they're using social media as their platform. Yeah. Everyone's got this little platform now. It's really kind of a weird dynamic, isn't it? It is when you really think about it. But you and I, we're, we're trying to use it for, for good, right? Our po- you know, people are listening to your podcast. People are listening to my podcast. You know, maybe we put something out that inspires someone. Every now and again, you get a message saying, oh, you helped me this, you helped me that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so beautiful. When you get those messages and people are just like, thank you so much. That's exactly what I needed to hear today. Like that, there's nothing that can replace that. Right. Right. It's fuel to keep you going. Yeah. Fulfillment. Fulfillment's a good word. I, I think fulfillment needs to replace ambition. You know, they're, they're, they're different. They are. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day and, uh, you know, we were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she's still out there just grinding. Like, wow, you've done a lot, lady. <laughs> like, relax. <laughs> like, she could have retired 15 years ago. Yeah. But she just keeps going. It's ambition is like a disease. Yeah, I think you're referring to like somebody who's constantly trying to be, stay hungry, right? They use that term hungry and they're trying to find more, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think if that's truly the case for people in this situation, then they're trying to find something outside of them to fulfill them inside mm. and forgetting that it actually is an inside job first. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I just, I hope someone like that is fulfilled behind the scenes because if you're, if you're not fulfilled, then, you know, that's, that's a, you know, accomplishment is a heck of a drug. It definitely can be for sure, especially if somebody grew up not being seen or heard or appreciated and they're using that as the reason why, Mm. um, I, if it comes back to the why a lot. So why am I doing this? What's the intention behind what I'm doing? Right. And when you go there, then you can find your answer. 
And where would the gene keys come into play into that? How could they help somebody in that situation? Oh, well. They do the form, as you said. Yeah. They, it would help them in every way possible because if they're doing the work of the gene keys, then it creates something inside of you that leads you to fulfillment. Mm. It's, it's almost foolproof. Like if you're doing the work of the gene keys, there's almost no way you can't be fulfilled. Right. It's, it, it's not about like finding your external drive, your external purpose. Right. And that I think is where we're getting stuck into this, um, such these situations, right. Where mm. you're ambitious because you're like trying to live your purpose and trying to do all these things. But what we're forgetting is that it, that when we go within and we find what really grounds us and mm. really makes us happy in this world, then we no longer need to chase anything. That's the old inner life versus outer life. So how do you, you have two children, is that correct? I have three. Three. Okay. Three children. That's a lot of responsibility. A lot of, how do you handle that responsibility and also maintain your, you know, your inner peace? Yeah. Uh, it's definitely something where you have to find your stride. You have to find your rhythm because you can either let chaos take, take a hold of you mm-hmm. or you can commit to your devotion every single day. So for me, it really boils down to giving myself what I need so that I can give them what they deserve. Right. Okay. You mentioned earlier that you didn't grow up with God. You didn't quite understand it. Uh, How do you understand it now? And how will you reflect that on your children? So now I come to realize that God is obviously, I mean, I knew this the whole time. It's not something outside of us that we're like, save me, right? That's a problem. That's a huge mm-hmm. problem right now. Savior so, syndrome. Yes. And we think that, you know, at a collective level that somebody's going to come down and just save everybody. So for me, it's more about becoming, becoming sov- sovereign in my, my own mastery, right? It's about bringing that divinity into everything that I do as often as I can so that I can be the embodiment of what somebody would call God, but not in like a very, like an egotistical narcissistic way or something. It's not like I'm God, but it's more like, I know that I am a part of this, right? We're all God to mm-hmm. some extent. We mm-hmm. all have that within us. We have that capability and teaching my kids that they have the power within them and that they get to make their own decisions, you know, not give their power away to other people to make decisions for them, Mm. then they can embody that for themselves as well. Self-mastery is definitely the way to go. It's personal development. Uh, Gautama the Buddha always said that, uh, you know, use verbs instead of nouns. So in that case, we would call it godliness. There you go. That's better. (laughs) Instead of God, we become, we act in godliness. Yeah, I like that a lot better. See, the ancient stuff comes back to the modern stuff too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What's next for you? Because you're still on your journey. You're still fairly young. You're in your early 30s, right? Yeah. 
you got a lot of school left. Oh yeah. <laughs> so where are you going with your podcast and what do you see happening for you over the next 10 years or are you just going to let it develop? Yeah, I think that I have a little bit of an idea of what I would like to see. Uh, however, I know that I'm not in charge of that. So I'm going to let it develop. I'm going to set some pretty strong intentions that I meet the people who are meant to help me on this journey because it seems like every time that I do that, that's when everybody comes mm. and that's when things start to unfold even more. And just like you said, this earth school is a mystery, so you never really know. So I think setting intentions works a lot better than setting goals because a goal is like a mental thing where you're striving to get somewhere. And then an intention is, it's more of a request. This is what I would like to see. Mm. A request. I like that. A positive request. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So Cody, where can somebody find you to come say hello? You can find me on my personal Facebook page. I am really active on there or over at my podcast, as mentioned earlier, the Conscious Entrepreneur Podcast. Mm. And what what episode are you on right now? Oh boy, I am on 58. Wow. Yeah. Wow, okay. Very cool. Well, yeah, keep up the good work. Keep spreading the message. You too. And, and thank you so much. Oh, not a problem. It's, it was a good conversation. I hope that folks, you know, get some gems out of this. I hope maybe Gene Keys can help them out. Or maybe they learned about Dr. Joe Dispenza for the first time or Lipton, Dr. Lipton for the first time. Or, you know, this is how it happens. You, you listen, you know, you, you, you meet one person or you go to one podcast and then you learn three or four different things and it leads you down another. It does. It's a rabbit hole, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, it's just this rabbit hole that just keeps unfolding. Just like when yeah. I met Paul Twitchell and then Paul Twitchell, you know, mentioned, uh, the life and teaching of the masters of the far East. And I said, what's that? And I went on Amazon and I bought that book and it's like an eight book set. And, and, and then that leads to this and that, and this is how I ended up with a million books. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I think I'm done with books for a while. Hey, that's what they all say. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I appreciate your time and, uh, for the listeners, if you're looking for me, webinars, seminars, books, or what have you, go to drreese.com. That's doctor spelled out. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.